What is up, my little ones? Welcome back to Kevin's Little Podcast with me, Kevin Little, your host, as always. We got a banger of an episode today. A lot to talk about. A lot of football. A lot of UFC. A lot of sports in general. So, let's not waste any time, guys. Let's just jump right into this episode. And a one, two, three, four. Cry, eagles cry, on the road to misery. Sigh, eagles sigh, blow the big game, one, two, three. Miss them low, lost them high, and watch our eagles die. Bye, eagles, bye. Bride maids of the NFC. L O S E R S Losers. Hey, how you like that one, you dirty birds? That's what you get coming into Jerry World thinking you gonna win and beat us in our building. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't know what y'all thought. I don't know what y'all thought was gonna happen. 41, 21, 20 point blowout. That's how we do things down here in Dallas, okay? That's how we win games, all right? That put a notice to every other team in the league. Don't sleep on us, all right? Now, I know it was the Eagles. The Eagles suck. They're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. They have injury-riddled out the yin-yang. But guess what? I didn't hear nothing about injuries when – uh, you know, I didn't hear I didn't hear anybody making excuses last year when Dak went down, being like, "Oh, well, you know, you know, Dak went down, so they're not going to." Nah, 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 nah. All I kept hearing week after week after week is, even without Dak, we should still find a way to win. We still got Amari, we still got CD, we still got Zeke, we still got all the. We oh, we should still find ways to win. It's like, okay, all right, I got you. So when our guy goes, when I guy goes down for the shation, oh, no one cares. But when the Eagles players start going down, oh, God, well, just, I mean, come on now. But no, for real, though, just, just be on a serious note, I mean, they did lose, what, a, two uh, starting offensive linemen, uh, starting defensive linemen. I think they lost a safety in a corner for a year. Like, they are just they, – they got injuries all over the place. So I, I don't feel bad for them. I in no way feel bad for them. You know what I mean? Oh, it's going to be a good season. It's going to be a good season, folks. I can already smell it. We got the Panthers next week. They don't got C-Mac. They don't got J.C. Horn, who they just drafted, who Cowboys were going to draft, but, you know, got stolen from us. Uh, We were either going to take Pat Sertan Jr. or J.C. Horn. And, you know, they both literally one after another got taken off the board from us. So we got lucky and we snagged up Micah Parsons. Now, I don't know if you guys saw Michael Parsons in that Philly game, but the man wreaked havoc, okay? The man was all over the place. Obviously, Connor McGovern, uh, he he got overworked, man. He got just straight pushed into Dak's lap on almost every other freaking play. But, I mean, it's it's Fletcher Cox. What are you going to (laughs) do? Your second year Connor McGovern going up against – 
multi-time pro bowler, probably one of the best defensive linemen in the game, Fletcher Cox. I mean, that's, that's no easy assignment, especially for a young rookie like him. So I, I don't, you know, I, I think he did how well I expected him to do, but I mean, whew, that Prish got me. First game back in Jerry World since the injury. And the man doesn't look like he done missed a beat. He came right back out there and said, hey, Eagles, hold this right here. Bow! Mop the floor with y'all. Y'all dumbass coach was wearing that shirt all week saying, beat Dallas, beat Dallas. My, my kids are wearing a shirt that says, beat Dallas, beat Dallas. This is Dallas week over here. Hey, y'all couldn't beat Dallas. Y'all got beat by Dallas. So I'll see y'all again in January at the end of the season. I don't know, that might be a December game, or that might be literally like January in the very, very start. I can't remember when the final, final game of the season is. But either way, we don't see Philly again until last game of the season. So don't worry, Eagle fans. You won't be hearing me trashing y'all team yet again for another couple of weeks, you know. By the time that comes around, y'all will be what? Y'all be lucky if you're six and I guess since there's 17 games now, I'll be six and 11. Y'all be lucky if y'all six and 11. Cowboys? I don't even know. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, hey, we got Panthers next week and then we got the Giants after that. And then it's our bye week. So there's a great chance by week, by week six. We're gonna be five and one. Or sorry, four four and one. Sorry, four and one, four and one. Great chance of it. Great chance of it. I can see it going down. I can see it going down. Mm-hmm. Zeke looked back to being his, you know, Zeke, he always gets up for them rival games. You know, it don't matter how bad he's playing, he will always get up for them rival games, and especially the Eagles. That's the team that I personally hate the most in our division. I could care, I could really care less about the Giants. They're no threat to us whatsoever, almost any year. Uh, and you know, Washington's good defensively, but they're they're always one of those teams that like the offense is good, the defense is shit, or the defense is great and the offense is shit. This year, defense is pretty good, okay, not great, and offense dumpster fire, Just throw them away, throw them away, get a whole new team. Start over, name it something else because they don't even have a name to begin with. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not here to talk about the Washington football team not having a name or the Giants starting out, what is it, 0 and 3 and Philly looking like it could just a complete sideshow. <laughs> cry, Eagles, cry. I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Man, that's so much fun to sing. God, I love it when you Philly fans lose. I heard nothing. Nothing. I ain't seen no posts on Facebook. I ain't seen no shirts or jerseys or hats being worn around this year. I live in PA. I live in Pennsylvania, okay? And I ain't really seen no Eagle shirts, jerseys, hats, socks, mugs, you name it. I seen one old man wearing an Eagle shirt, and he looked pissed off. <laughs> Maybe it's because I was wearing my Dallas hat and Dallas shirt and Dallas socks, but you never know. You know, you got to show up when we win. I got to show. I live in PA, like I just freaking said. So, you know, when the Cowboys win, blah. Mm, mm, mm. Especially when we smack Philly around. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, 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 mm. I had to wear all my gear. 
They look at him where y'all lucky I did not wear a jersey to work the next day, okay? My job isn't even really that dirty. So it's not like I would take a jersey there and it would get all fucked up. But y'all lucky. Y'all lucky. I will humble myself. <laughs> as I as I literally start the podcast singing Cry Equals Cry, the official Philadelphia choke song. Man, it would have been better if I would have gotten to sing that song at the Philly Stadium two years ago. But unfortunately, my Cowboys didn't score a fucking touchdown that game. We kicked off field goal, so... That was two years ago. I mean, that was two years ago, man. Good God. Two years ago. What was I, 22? Sheesh. Mm-hmm. I really want to actually go with the next Cowboy Philly game up in Philly at the end of the year, but I don't know if I'm going to have the, the money to go or if I'm going to have the time. I might, I might. I mean, hey, the way we playing, I might just have to. And after that 20-point ass whipping that we handed down to, I might have to. I might have to go to the game just to see what's up. See that, see that butt cutting in person. <laughs> go over to Philly and watch Dallas put foots in them motherfuckers. We don't play. Oh, all right. I think I got all that out. I think I've, <laughs> I think I talked about it for ten straight minutes. So I'll hop off and then jump on to something else. Uh, we had a great. Great, dude, card this weekend, man. That, them fights were off the hook, bro. Those fights were crazy last week. Obviously, we had what could be fight of the year between Alexander Volkanovsky and Ortega. That, I mean, that fight was just, it was five rounds of nonstop action, uh, just straight fists flying. There was, you know, there was a couple of knockdowns here and there, and, I mean, dude, when Brian, when Brian knocked him down, or shouldn't he, when, when Brian got him down, he hopped on his neck so fast, it was like a leech just sucking right onto it and just getting stuck, dude. It was, it was like watching a spider monkey just try to grapple a chimpanzee. It was wild, dude, it was crazy. Uh, and after all the damage and all the beating, that he had taken for the previous four rounds for him to still be able to throw him in those, those chokes uh, as quickly and as like tight as they were. I mean, dude, it was fully under the neck, fully under the Volkanovsky's lucky. He's five, four and has no neck. Otherwise he'd have been choked unconscious. <laughs> I mean, his legs were flailing like they were water hoses on full blast with no one standing there. Uh, he was, he was just, you know, so just trying to create any kind of separation between him and Brian that he could, you know, just trying to squirm his way out of that tight, that tight, tight squeeze. And it was, you, mean, you even heard Ortega after the fight. He was like, man, I tried it as hard as I could to choke that little motherfucker out. And he just wouldn't choke. He just wouldn't tap. He just wouldn't tap. It was that straightforward. Uh, but credit dude to Volkanovsky for really just going out there and putting on a freaking great performance. Also shout out to Ortega, man. I mean, for staying in that fight as long as he did, and still making it an interesting fight all the way through. It just my hands go up to both of those guys. They both put on a freaking phenomenal performance. And if you ask me, I think it should be fight of the year. You know what I mean? I don't think we've seen a fight that good 
in that big a stage this year so far. And honestly, the last time I can remember a fight like that was Kamaru versus Covington one. When they fought for that title, man, I, that was just, again, an, another four and a half rounds of just nonstop fists flying, leather cutting, just all out fight, bro. It was great. It was great. And I cannot, I cannot wait to see what's next for uh, Volkanovsky as far as who comes up to challenge him now. Because, bro, I mean, he's, he's got Conor McGregor saying he wants to fight him. He's got Henry Cejudo saying he wants to come out of retirement to fight him. You know what I mean? He, he's got uh, he's got just all sorts of people right now gunning for that belt and gunning for a chance to fight him. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see who he gets next. Um, and then, again, same thing for uh, Ortega. You know, who does he fight next? Because obviously, if he, if, you know, the next fight he gets, if he wins, he's just right back there. It's another title shot. So, you know, Brian right there is just one win away from getting right back in there. And, and, uh, uh, ooh, reading right here. Brian Ortega releases statement. We'll be ready to chuck him again. Yeah, I could imagine. He's going to be out for a couple of months, though, with that. I can guarantee he's going to get a medical suspension. Uh, there was at one point, Wokonoski was like, he was kind of upset that they let him take so long to get to his stool. Because the, the round ends, Volkanovsky gets up immediately and starts walking to the other side of the octagon to sit on his stool. And as soon as he sits down, he looks up and sees that Ortega is essentially still lying on his back on the floor. And that they have to grab him by his armpits and literally lift him and sit him on the chair uh, before Herb you know, gets up and calls the round and calls the fight off. Uh, so I think Volkanovski looked at that like, you know, if he has to get help to the stool and then after the bell rings to start the, the next round, they have to stand there and ask him questions and look at the finger. And and, and he, was, he wasn't even answering the questions. At one point, you know, he's moving around, like looking around, trying to, trying to, you know, I guess find his consciousness or just, you know, try to figure out the situation. And the, the, the refs are going like, you know, how many fingers am I holding up? You know, uh, put your hands up like this, like, you know, walk towards me, all that kind of stuff. And then he finally like is like, you know, how many fingers am I holding up? Oh, uh, one. And they were like, all right, cool. And then they sent him back out there and Ortega's or uh, Volkanovski's just like, what the hell? <laughs> the dude can barely even stand. You had to help him back to the stool and you're asking him questions all this time. And you like, that's just giving him time to recover and get himself back into the fight. Like when you... When you have somebody hurt, especially in the final seconds of a round, the, the second that bell rings to start that next round, you're going to be gunning for that guy. You're going to want to go right back out there, put the exact same beating on that mofo, drop him, and end that fight. And, I mean, honestly, I, I think if you, I, I think it could have been stopped uh, right there when they had to help him to the stool because, in my opinion, if you have to lay on your back and have your teammates pick you up to put you on the stool, you're done. You're done. But that being said, that next round was probably his greatest round of the whole fight. So what does that go to show you? Desperation can work for fighters, but it can also be your downfall. And I think in that moment, Ortega was like, look, I know I'm losing. I know I need a finish. I know I need to get this dude in a choke or in a, in a submission and just end this thing as quickly as humanly possible. And it just it didn't work. He tried three different times. It was what, two guillotines and a triangle choke, and just all of them were sunk in. Every single one was essentially sunk in, except for maybe the triangle. And, I mean, dude, I, I do not understand how in the hell Volkanovsky 
stayed in that fight, stayed away from those submissions, and got out of them when they were as tight as they were. Phenomenal fight of the gear. Whew! Cannot wait to see the next one. Can't wait. Um, and, uh, I'm, again, you know what, uh, over my picks, man, I, I did pretty well. I can, I'm going to try to remember what I said in the last, in the last episode when, when I made my predictions, I said, Jessica was going to win by first round TKO, which I don't think she, I don't think it was first round. I think it was like second or third. So I, I mean, I, but I did, I did call Jessica to win that one. Uh, she ended up, you know, she beat her. Cynthia Calvillo. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It was a round one TKO. Oh, I was fucking right, boy. Hooey, I called that one correct right on the die. I told you she was going to come out there round one TKO. And that's how the night ended for Cynthia Calvillo. Cynthia just really couldn't get anything going. Uh, she, she really just couldn't. You know, she she tried. Credit to her. She, she, she tried to, you know, be as elusive and as quickly as possible and you know she was moving around the cage real fast she was cutting off the ring you know not cutting off the ring she was moving around the ring and jessica did a phenomenal job of just keeping your feet flat moving not stopping coming right towards you every single time and every time she would you know jump to the side jump back to the side and keep trying to go side to side and and, and move around the ring to you know land jazz and keep her at distance jessica just did a great job of constantly constantly coming forward never backing up hands up and just eating like not eating shots but like you know avoiding all of hers and just landing devastating shots and keeping her keeping cynthia from using her range to pick her apart with the jabs you know what i mean instead of bouncing around the ring, eating you up with the jabs, keeping you at distance, keeping you from taking her down and, and landing those big planting power shots where you got to you gotta stand, plant your back foot, and just throw. Because when you plant those feet, you can't move. So you got to be standing still, which is, which is what you kind of want Cynthia to do. You want her to be moving around and then put herself back up against the cage. Because when you're moving around like that, you're not coming forward. You're moving a little backwards and side to side. So... If Jessica's going to keep coming forward and you're going to keep bouncing side to side, slowly backing up, she's eventually just going to cut off that cage and follow you back and forth. And all you're going to do is back up. And eventually you're going to back up right into the fence. She can plant and throw because now you've got nowhere to go. Um, so like I said, I thought it was going to be first round TKO and it was. Uh, so shout out to fucking Jessica and Drage. I think she's going to get that next title shot, obviously. And then. Cynthia Calvillo, what can you really do? Just got to get back in there, got to work on it, and, you know, maybe work on just – I mean, I really didn't see her try to take Jessica down too much, and, you know, she was trying to wait for that perfect opportunity after the jabs were picking her apart, and, you know, you've got her kind of – you've at least asserted yourself in the stand-up game where Jessica's not going to just be reckless towards you, but at the same time you can't just – back up and pick your shots and wait for that moment because Jessica's not going to let you wait for that moment. Jessica's going to be in your face and she's going to be pushing the pace and she's going to be coming at you. She's not going to give you that moment to just, you know, that couple minutes of standing around and jumping and, and picking you apart and trying to find your moment. She's not going to let you have that moment. She's going to eat you up. So you, you better be, when you're fighting Jessica, you better be willing to, you know, keep yourself at full distance 
but also don't be afraid to throw. Don't be afraid to like, you know, let your hands fly a little bit. Not in a reckless way. Obviously, you want to be conservative. You want to make sure you're not just giving up your channel in every shot, but you want to make sure that you're actually doing a fairly decent job of throwing some offense while you're trying to evade all of those shots. What did I say for Curtis Blades and Jarzinho? I think I said what? I think I said he was going to get him to the ground and submit him. There were some times where he got him to the ground and just that upper or that flying knee that Biggie Boy threw. Well, I didn't even see that coming. I definitely didn't see the flying knee coming. Uh, but it went to decision. So shout out Curtis Blades for getting the win. Biggie Boy did did all right. Uh, you're not gonna win a title like that though, man. You gotta you gotta start working on some on some of your other aspects. Like his takedown defense, nowhere to be found. Uh, you know, his his technical boxing combos just weren't there. Uh, the flying knee out of nowhere really just caught everybody by surprise. Same thing with Curtis. I mean, you saw the way his eye was closed up uh, going into that final round. It was just bubbling. You can't even see out of it. But, again, with the way that Biggie Boy fights, it's almost like he's a less technical Derek Lewis, and even Derek Lewis isn't the most technical heavyweight. Uh, obviously, that's Cyril Gaon. You saw the way he fucking just pecked him apart. So I called that one wrong. I said it was going to be a third-round submission. ended up being a decision. But I kind of expected it also to – it could end in a decision. Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler, though, this was the one that I fully got wrong. I, I said Nick was going to win by decision. I didn't think either one of them was going to be able to, you know, have the knockout power to end either one of them. Uh, it, was, it was essentially Nick Diaz – Nick Diaz, okay, let me tell you something – Nick Diaz was out there throwing less shots than Robbie. Robbie was just throwing a ton of volume, but he wasn't landing. You know, a lot of those shots were like just kind of stick out jabs where you where you stick your jab hand out and you make the like you just touch them essentially with your fist. You touch them, but it's not a punch. You're just putting your fist on them so that you can get that range and you know exactly where your other hand has to get to and reach to in order to make contact. Uh, and it was like a lot of those were just like he's trying to put his hand and then throw one and then stick his hand out again and then throw another one and then throw two more and then stick his hand and then just – he was throwing a lot more volume and a lot more shots than Nick was, but Nick was just landing with precision every time he would – it was he was doing one of those low you into a false sense of security, he'd get back up against the cage – you know, he'd put his hands down, he'd walk away from you, you know, doing all that stuff that makes you want to just rush right forward and like, oh, really, you're going to disrespect me like this? Cool, I'm going to fucking clean your clock. Um, it was that old school Nick Diaz type fighting, you know, he just, you know, come on at me, let's go, we'll, I'll stand right here against the fence and we'll, we'll, we'll bang this thing out, let's go. Uh, <laughs> giggity. But Robbie Lawler defeats Nick Diaz, TKO. Round three. It was a good fight up until then. It wasn't like the most entertaining. It wasn't super exciting. You know, it was just a it was just a good showing from two veterans of the sport, long time careers. Obviously, one's on a four fight, I guess not no longer a four fight losing streak, but was on a four fight skid. Uh and Nick was coming off that five year hiatus. So it was it was activity versus non-activity and then ring rust versus I mean, I guess if you want to say just fight or damage, because the question was, 
out of all those fights that he took over the five years that Nick was gone, all the, all the losses he had, and even the wins that he had, how much damage did he take in those fights, you know? And would Nick be able to use that to his advantage and just kind of pick Robbie apart? But, again, Nick did that for a little bit, just couldn't do it the whole time, and Robbie was just too aggressive, man, got on his ass. Really just from the get-go was just throwing high volume, uh, throwing shots like crazy, and was just was just landing – a little less than Nick, but Nick, his, you could tell his shots when he did land were more effective than Robbie's, you know. Um, obviously, Valentina Shevchenko, we won't even really need to dig too much into that one. I mean, that was just complete dominance. Lauren Murphy, credit to her for going in there. This was probably the, this was by far the biggest fight of Lauren Murphy's career, and it sucks that you have to go against somebody so damn dominant in Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, the only other harder fight than that would be Amanda Nunes. So, shout out to shout out to the bullet for defending the title one more time. Gets another ruby on the belt. Love that. Um, and then you know, shout out to Lauren Murphy. She tried. She really did, but it's just not much you can do. Uh, they were talking about. They were talking about having Nunes and Shevchenko possibly fight. And they were talking about this on the Believe You Me podcast with Michael Bisming. He was saying that he thinks they should fight at a catch weight. Uh, you know, Valentina basically moves up five and Nunes drops down five. They meet at 130 and they have a fight not for a title, but essentially for a, if you want to call it, baddest mother the women's baddest motherfucker belt uh and just have literally our two greatest women fighters of all time fight each other um and if you look at it the only losses on shevchenko's record are nunez and when she fought nunez the first two times it was in her first five fights in the ufc so her first five fights in the ufc two of them were nunez she won then she lost to nunez she won two more and then lost to Nunez again. So I mean, could you imagine the leaps and bounds that she's taken since then to now? And then obviously same thing for Nunez. So I can only imagine that fight is going to be so good and close that we'd fully be able to determine who is the better fighter. And then if it is at a cash weight for a, I guess you want to say makeup, makeshift belt um, or a gimmick belt, you're not ruining either one of their legacies because obviously one of them, if, if you would have the fight for a title, one of them is going to have to change weight classes. One of them is either going to have to go up or the other one comes down. And then you potentially run that risk of Nunez losing her double champ status at the end of her career to the other champ and then having Shevchenko become the new double champ. Or you take away Shevchenko's belt, and now Nunez is what? I mean, but again, she's not going to drop all the way down to that weight, is she? Doubt it. So I, I think it would be super interesting to see them fight at a catch weight for a bad motherfucker title because it's not going to ruin either one of their legacies. Uh, you know, it's not going to take away anything from it because it's like, they're both so dominant. 
they're both such great champions and we don't we we don't see anybody on their level like that that can come in and just dominate in in just pure fashion because every time she goes out there I don't see a blip in her game I don't see a, a a chink in her armor I don't see any faults you know I mean her her wrestling fantastic her stand up phenomenal her takedown defense when was the last time you saw her just picked up and thrown to the floor with no problem? I don't remember. Maybe Nunes. I don't remember. But uh, hell of a fight card, man. One of the greatest fight cards I have watched in a long time. The main event was fight of the year, in my opinion. You got to see the return of one of the Diaz brothers, even though it wasn't what we really wanted. Isn't how we wanted it to turn out. Still got to see him come back. We got to see, uh, you know, the heavyweights go at it. We got to saw a former women champion take down an up-and-coming contender. It was just from top to bottom, man. It was a great, great card, and I can't wait. Uh, I also can't wait for next week when we take on the Panthers. Uh, my wife likes to consider herself a Panther fan, but, you know, obviously she bleeds blue and silver. Uh we had a bet back when Romo was playing. Back when Romo was our quarterback, I think this was the final year of Romo being our quarterback in 2015. Me and my wife were watching there. We're sitting there watching the Panther game. It was Panthers Cowboys uh, in Jerry World. Cam Newton was still playing. Cowboys were, you know, had still had Romo. Uh, and we made a bet. We were like, look, well, I'll bet you that the Cowboys win this game. And she was like, all right, cool. And if I if I win and the, Pan the Panthers win, you got to buy me a, a Panther sweatshirt. And I was like, all right, cool. If I win, y'all you got to buy me a Cowboy sweatshirt. That's what it, what it is. So we, so I made good on the promise. I got her a, a, a custom Panthers hoodie, which is – it has her – you know, has our last name on the back. It says Little, and it has 20, 21 on it, Zeke's number. So she loves that. Um, this year we got a hat, we got hats bet on it. So if she wins, obviously I'm gonna get her a pink Panther hat, uh, not pink Panther hat, but a Panthers hat in pink. And if she, and if I win, I'm gonna get that new white era Dallas cap, baby. So obviously super excited for next week, Carolinas, Panthers, then the New York Giants, and then it's the bye week. So by our bye week, man. Four and one, first place in the division with two division wins. Mm, mm, mm. I don't know about y'all, but I think that sounds pretty good to me. I think I think that sounds pretty good to me. Uh, my boy Chase, shout out Schmitty. He's a big old Bucks fan, so obviously he's been. Enjoying this run that Tampa has had. Oh, well, look who it is. Ladies and gentlemen, making her second appearance on the podcast, Maya the Maniac Little. What's up, baby? Come here. I'm going to finish up the podcast with Daddy. Daddy's just finishing up. Okay. Hey, so what did you think of the Cowboy game? How do you think we did? Ten. Ten? 
Yeah. We did 10 out of 10? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I know it, girl. Mm. Hey, should we, should, we show the, should we show the people our cowboy chant since we won? Yeah. All right, ready? You want to do it? One, yeah. two, three. Cowboys, 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 cowboys. Good job, baby. Good job. You want to say hi to the people on the podcast? Go ahead. Hi, people. Go ahead, say what you want to say. This is your time. Mm. What do you want to say? Hmm? Bunny. Bunny? Yeah. What about a bunny? You want a bunny? No, I want a bunny. Oh, you want a... That's what I said. You want a bunny. Wait, see this? This is... I see. That's your little toy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Do you love Daddy? Yeah? Do you love mommy? Yeah! Do you love the cowboys? Yeah! <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. I know you do. Yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, we gotta tell everybody about what you did the other day. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go to Tristos and Tristos. We, we, we gotta read the podcast and then drive to Tristos and then we'll show Tristos the podcast and then she'll come over and then we'll show her and then she'll go upstairs with us and then she'll come in this room and then we'll, and then we will, and then she will read the podcast for us. Oh, okay. So you think I should have Teresa on the podcast? Yeah. Well, I know Teresa listens to this podcast. So, hey, Teresa, you should come over and do the podcast, Maya says. So I guess we're going to have you and the boys over for another episode one day, huh? Yeah. The boys and Teresa, maybe the boys want to stay down with mommy, but they got to be so quiet. Right. Hey. We still didn't get to tell them what you did the other day. You went on the potty like a big girl all by yourself. Yeah, yeah and I peed. That's right. You peed on the potty like a big girl. We yeah. didn't even have to change your diaper. No, we just had to pee, and I did, and I was a big girl. That's right. Daddy and Mommy are so proud of you. You did such a good job the other day. I, did, I think you deserve another high five. Mm, that's what I'm talking about. Give me one more high five. That was a good one. Mm, you hear the smack on that? That's a good high five. All right, let Daddy wrap this up, and then I'll, we'll go play, okay? Okay. All right, I love you, Munchkin Head. What, what are you going to wrap up? Go ahead on, and go grab your dad. I'll be right there, okay? Okay. All right. God love that kid. Oh, she brightens up my day. doesn't matter how bad of a day I'm having. That kid just clears it all up. She gives you that big old hug. She wraps her tiny little hands around you, and she's just, oh, I love you, Dad. And you, just, you, just get all, you just get all warm. You just... Uh, it's nothing better. No, I swear to God, there's nothing better. Being a father, being a parent, it's got its ups and downs. It's it's you know tiring, obviously. You don't always have the energy to play with the kid twenty four seven, but you know sometimes you just push through and you do it anyway. And ah, oh God, I just I don't know. Being there's just nothing better than being a parent. I mean, there's a couple things, but you know I ain't gonna say that. I gotta keep gotta keep it friendly here. I think that's all I got time for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Um, it was a fun one, dude. I mean, I had a lot of fun. This was a good episode. It felt like time just flew by. It doesn't even feel like it's been half an hour. It feels like it's only been a couple of minutes. Um, 
That's just because I've been talking about my Cowboys. I was talking about the UFC. So you know I love them things, man. You know I love all that. We're going to be back next week for sure. Another episode, another fight card, more football games to go over, more money I can bet on. So it's going to be a real good week, guys. Um, Until next week, have fun, keep listening, and cry, Eagles, cry. On the road to misery, sigh, eagle, sigh, blow the big games, one, two, three, miss some low, left them high, and watch our eagles die, bye, eagles, bye. Pride maids of the NFC, L-O-S-E-R-S, losers, who got blown out by 21 or 20 points. See y'all next week. This is Kevin's little podcast with me, Kevin Lill, and I hope y'all enjoyed it. Peace.